What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fresh Podcast, where we bring you everything fresh in entertainment. I'm your host, Drew Brumfield, and join with me as my co-host. I'm Nick Brake, and I still hate our intro. I love our intro so much, because I'm the one that's doing it, probably. Um, and it's not going to change. I hope you know that. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty aware. <laughs> uh, but today, we have a very special episode for you. We are doing our top 10 movies of 2019. So, Nick, I'm not going to lie, this was a hard one to do, because there are a lot of good movies this year. Uh, let's be... Let's put it into perspective for people who aren't big movie people. Yeah. This was probably the best collective year for film of this entire century. It's really not hard for me to say that. I mean, I, this is, uh, I mean, we, I've been watching movies, I mean, my whole life, obviously, but needless to say, the movie, movie years previously, I've, I've watched in the last couple of years, it's added up to collectively being a great year compared to, Pretty lackluster years in the past. We grew up in the 2000s watching yeah. movies, and the first time we really got to experience, you know, real movies was probably around 2014-ish, and even since then, not even, not even close, and, and, and talent all around this year. We've definitely seen like a generation like shift, mm-hmm. like especially with the different types of movies that have been coming out that have been good, like. Like, you know, I mean, not to get into it, but back then, like, superhero movies were never good. And no. then something changed, and now they're getting nominated for Oscars. Yeah, now they're best picture movies. Now, two yeah. years in a row, we've seen a superhero slash uh, comic book yeah. movie nominated for best picture at the Academy it's, Awards. It's just amazing to see, like, this the shift in, like, people realize, like, I can I can take this and make it good. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's just a lot of talent and a lot of good movies. Yeah, and there, there's great filmmakers right now. And that's not to say that there haven't been in the past, but no, in the, the, the 2000s, you know, now studying the movies, because that's what we have to do. We're young, so we yeah. weren't really moviegoers in the 2000s. So we study movies, years, and movies mm-hmm. collectively in the past. And it just didn't add up. There weren't as many great movies. There weren't as many great filmmakers as a whole. In that time, and now towards the end of this last decade, 2019, uh, you, you really felt like every great director mm. had another they had classic they, installment. They had something mm-hmm. that they came out and was like, yep, that's mm-hmm. that's one of their best. Yeah. Um, let's not build too much anticipation. You want to start us out? What is, or before we start out, uh, do you have any, any honorable mentions? Something that was just, just barely didn't make 10 or like just barely didn't make the list, or you just want to bring it up for whatever reason? No, oh, I mean, I have so many of those movies. Yeah. I saw over 60 films this year, 60 movies uh, and that came out in 2019. That sounds like a record. It's, That's a like, lot. It's yeah. not, definitely not a record. There's probably people who've seen over 1,000. Oh, well, I mean, a record just for you. For because, me, like, yes, it I've, is a record. I've seen a lot of films, but I have not seen nearly that many. No, I, that, I saw a ton this hmm. year. Yeah. Uh, I wanted for my honorable mentions to be movies that we wouldn't talk about here okay. for the rest of the night. Uh, I like The Two Popes on Netflix a mm. lot. I like The Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood a lot. Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah. I liked Marriage Story, but I did think the hype that was built around it was a little over over the top. I didn't think I it, it. it lived up to the hype that I felt it had. Uh, Booksmart was great. Uh, I loved Hustlers. I loved uh, Yesterday. I loved Midsommar. Rocket Man. Uh, but you know, my last outside looking in movie of the year was, it was, did I say us already? No, you have Cause not. that was my favorite one yeah. that I, I'm not going to put in my top 10. Us was, was great. I think yeah. it, 
and not a lot of people agree with me. I think it blew Get Out, which is Jordan Peele's first movie. Mm. I think it blew it out of the water. I don't know if I'd say it's better than Get Out. I love Get Out. Um, it, it, it's got. I think it's got a better, more, a pr- more, uh, a better ending to me. I, I yeah. the more. I, I don't know the word I'm trying to think, but it was a more satisfying ending because it didn't just end regular. It had a yeah. twist. It had a point to it, and I like that. I think it's – yeah, I don't know. We'll get into that uh, another day. But mm-hmm. uh, for me, the only ones that I want to mention because I haven't seen all the movies, um, but I definitely want to bring attention to uh, John Wick Chapter 3. Yeah. Uh, great action series. Just – the man is 50, and he's still making those, which is incredibly to me. And uh, also uh, Shazam, which uh, was a movie I was not expecting to like because, uh, you know, I mean, ap- apart from a f- some exceptions, DC doesn't always make the best movies uh, when it comes to recently, but Shazam was very enjoyable. Um, but those are the only ones that are, like, just barely outside looking in. Okay, you want to do number 10? Oh, but before we – we'll clarify uh, – we do have some similarities in our top ten. Yes. So if we do have the same one, we won't overanalyze the same movie you've already heard one of us analyze. But yeah, yeah, we don't have completely different top tens because some of these movies that were released this year were so great that we we, we both to, got we yeah. both have to talk about them. No, definitely. Um, and all starts off with our number ten, a movie that we will most likely probably talk about more in the future. But um, it was Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker by J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams. Um, it it had a lot of ups and downs, and I debated putting it here. But after like really going back and really like thinking to myself, I was like, I like Star Wars too much, and I do enjoy this movie. I know a lot of people would put this on the opposite list of mm-hmm. their top ten worst because this is this is a very different of. Uh, this is a very divisive movie, but I thought it was good. I, it had a few pacing issues, but I think it's still a really solid mu- yeah. movie. Really good effects. Certain characters um, had really good endings and really good story arcs, and also has Bo- Babu Freak in it. So yeah, that doesn't hurt. Babu Freak does not hurt. Babu Freak really is the thing that pushed it over the edge for me. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what I like. It was, you know, I, the word that critics throw around about The Rise of Skywalker was uh, fan-pleasing and... Mm. Well, I'm a fan. I was saying that doesn't I sound like it. that doesn't sound like a negative. It wasn't, and that is, it's yeah. been used is probably the biggest negative. Obviously, pacing issues. That's one thing yeah. that people talk about. Like I have but fan pleasing. Yeah. That's their biggest issue with the movie. But honestly, if I'm going to take a movie that had very a uh, very unsuccessful time with critics versus a movie that was Last Jedi was one mm. of the highest rated Rotten Tomatoes Star Wars movies ever. Yeah. Whereas the rise of Skywalker now is, is the, the lowest. Oh, it's the lowest. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, but it's one of the highest on, on fan scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Whereas the last Jedi was the lowest. So, I mean, pick and choose your battles, yeah. but I'm going to go with the one the audience likes and the audience is cheering for rather no. than critics. No, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm just the type of person where it's like, I don't like looking at it either. I was, I always pride myself. Like I want to form my own opinion about this yeah. movie and not look at what everyone else says. And it's just, for me, it's, it feels like a lot of these are like rewrites, which mm-hmm. is annoying. But if you can get past that and accept that, that's like, it's still a, it's still a good movie. There's, you know, the um, story arc with Adam Driver as Kylo Ren and Ben is amazing. I think they did Carrie Fisher as, as yeah. justly and as 
perfectly as they could possibly it's, do. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, she's she's she wasn't in the movie. She, no, yeah, and it's like, but I feel like it was a good send off. Yeah. Respected the character and the actress. Um, I I like certain parts of Ray's story, but you know, again, I wish that I wish things I wish certain things were more focused on. Like I wish Finn and Poe got a little bit more development, but again. That's things that I would complain about in the second movie of the trilogy. Yeah. Like, this third one kind of had a rough batch where it's like, um, if you look at the end of Force Awakens and you look at the end of Last Jedi, it's like, well, our part of our trio hasn't even met yet. Poe and Ray don't know each other's names. Yeah, they, and they meet at the end of the, of the second movie of And it's trilogy. like, that's, an, that's such a daunting task to put on the third one. So I don't... So I think they they had a rough, like, they had a rough path ahead of them. Uh, and they did what they could. And they did what they could. I think exactly. J.J. did what he could yes. uh, with what he had left. And w- no disrespect to the to Ryan Johnson. We're going to talk about Ryan Johnson. We in, will in talk a little about bit. it. Uh, my number 10, uh, this was one of the favorites to win Best Picture. I loved it, but it's not number one for shit. It's, it's 1917. Mm. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, it was it was called the revolutionary movie, whereas it was all shot in this yeah. collectively – of what's supposed to look like one shot. Yes. Uh, they don't do cuts uh, and takes and stuff like that uh, for, for movie fans. I'm sure I said something pretty wrong. <laughs> uh, but to me, the movie, it didn't feel like it was that revolutionary. It just felt like another war movie. It was a mm. great war movie. Uh, world War One is not told about. I think it's usually World War Two or the Vietnam War. We never get to, to hear about World War One no. in such a good way, so I like it in that mm. regard. I think Sam Mendes did a great job talking about a, a war we really don't know much about. Yeah. And a part of the war, like a story of the war that we don't know much yeah, about. absolutely. Um, for me, this movie was, um, I'll get into more, but it was my number seven. I had much higher on the list, but I really enjoyed it, and I had a debate with my friend um, Seth, shout out to him, uh, comparing it to Dunkirk. And I actually prefer this a lot better. I do too. Um, now, of course, me, one of my favorite things about movies is cinematography and mm-hmm. long shots. So, of course, I love this. It had a lot of really wide it shots. Had a, and, it yeah. had a lot of wide shots. Those are really hard to do. And I respect what it does when majority of this movie is just one character. Mm-hmm. And it's just that one character acting with almost nothing around him. Yeah. But you feel... At least when I watched it, I felt very immersed with the character. I felt like I was, you know, like the third man with him. Mm, absolutely. Um, every little turner, every, I'm sorry, every little turn, um, which normally, like in most movies, would be like, oh, they just turned a corner. But I felt, I felt nervous. I was like, is there an enemy? Is there a trap? What's gonna happen? I was, I was anxious. Um, and it drew, it drew a lot from me. Um, and I just respect, you know, that they decide like we're gonna. We're going to tell a World War II story, which a lot of, you know, the story elements they use haven't been, aren't completely, like, I guess, original. Like, we've seen these tropes before in other war movies, but in this one, it felt different because I felt, like, more um, involved with the character. I was worried that this person might not make it, even though I, you can probably guess how it would end. Um, but I don't know. I really enjoyed that movie. Um and so I would put it slightly higher on the, on the list. Okay, so we're not going to talk about the movie later, are we? No, well, <laughs> I'll mention when we get to it, but I will say that that is seven for me. Um, okay, number nine for you first. What is that? Number nine is uh, Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi. 
I'm saying that right, right? Takawatiti. It's also my number nine. Oh, really? Yeah, how about That's that? That's perfect. It's pretty, yeah, it's um, convenient. It's also convenient. We saw this movie together. We sure did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we went to go see it, uh, like, uh, what, two weeks ago. It was a late yeah. release here in Bowling I, Green. I was almost, like, so worried I was not going to be able to Me see too. this mm-hmm. because it was not released in Bowling Green theaters. And, but, you know, thankfully it got re-released. And this movie is, I'm just going to check my list. Yeah, this movie is definitely, in my opinion, the best, like, comedy of the year. Um, cause I'm looking at my list and it's the only, it's the only comedy I have and it is, it's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's a lot of dark humor, but it's dark humor about the Nazis. So I feel like it's okay to make fun of them like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it surprisingly has a lot of heart to it. I was not, ex- yeah. I was not expecting to like get emotional about a par- a parody Nazi movie, mm-hmm. but it's. Drew a lot of emotion out, a lot of great acting from some really young actors, mm-hmm. um, and even the older cast like was was great. Um, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. I liked. It's really hard to 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 make a coming of age movie that isn't cheesy. Yeah, that isn't you know it it isn't cliche and mm-hmm. it doesn't it it feels unoriginal because most coming of age movies that come out nowadays, yeah, or even you know, ever seems yeah. so, Oh, I've seen this movie before. How, how about a coming of age movie about a kid growing up in Nazi Germany? <laughs> and that's another thing. Takawatiti at the red carpet of the Oscars on Sunday night. He, he said it very simply. Uh, he, he said, I wanted to tell a story about people you don't think about during World War II. You don't think yeah. about the kids living in Nazi Germany. Yeah. You, you hear about almost everyone else in, in, in World War II, but you don't hear about that. So he's going to tell this really, really unique story that we've never heard of. Hmm. We didn't really know that we wanted to hear that story, but once you hear it, you're no, like, definitely. wow, that was awesome. I loved it. And go go, go, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> uh, it's just you – yeah, no, I, I like that point that I brought up. That it's like you always hear about you know the Nazi faction and what they did to Germany, but like that's not – not every single human being yeah. that was in there was acted like that. You mm-hmm. know, there are kids, there are women, there are children that just, you know, don't really understand what's happening. Yeah. Um, it, I thought that was a very interesting perspective. And it showed propaganda and how these kids are brainwashed <laughs> and how these people are brainwashed. Yeah. And I mean, they're kids. They, they say what yeah. they hear. And I mean, just yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's funny to us looking back now, but like it, it's kind of almost accurate where it's like, yeah, that's kind of just how people thought back then. They just accepted that this was their reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so a really good, yeah, really good movie, really good comedy. It's yeah, hilarious. Um, moving on to number eight. This is going to be a very, um, not everyone's going to have this one on my number eight, but um, it is Godzilla, oh King of the gosh. Monsters. Boo. <laughs> Make uh, this point very quick. I this w- movie's terrible. I love this movie, but for it's a very and also shout out again to my friend Seth because this is his one of his favorite movies. But it's it's a very like eighties monster movie, but with amazing effects. Y- Nick, you might not like the movie, but you have to admit it looks beautiful. It does, but it didn't start until the end of the movie. The last ten minutes are the only part of the movie you need to watch. I would make the argument for that with Godzilla two thousand four. Yeah. Or 14, I'm sorry. They're all the same. They are not. This one's great. There are monsters. There was a mo- uh, the Godzilla versus Rodan fight in the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie was amazing. Um, 
I really enjoyed this. I thought the cinematography in this movie was great. I thought the sound design was fantastic. All the different creatures have different roars. Uh, I will admit the acting is not the best. No. No. It doesn't have the best plot, but at the end of the day, I am watching a Godzilla movie. I don't need it to be Oscar-winning performance. I don't want it to be that. I want it to be big monsters attacking each other, and that's all I got to say about this one. I, just, I like it. Okay. It's, it's like my guilty pleasure. <laughs> my number eight is, is my guilty pleasure uh, on this list, so that's interesting yeah. because this is a much different guilty pleasure. My number eight's Knives Out, which I okay. think I believe you have on your list I as well. I have it much higher. I would not call this a guilty pleasure. I would call this a good movie. It is a good movie. It is, but <laughs> it also it, – it, it snuck into my top ten for sure because I didn't huh. expect it to. I didn't expect You're myself to go see this movie twice, uh, <laughs> but I loved it. It was it was special to me because it was a whodunit, but not in the way you think. But and well, not a predictable way. I mean, no. how many whodunits are unpredictable? They all like have you guessing who is going to be the murderer, and then it's one of them. Yeah, it's, this movie doesn't have that at all. It's like the equivalent of giving you a multiple choice question, like A through E, and then Ryan Johnson takes your exam rips in half and was like the answer z yeah he bet she wasn't expecting that well then he spells a word out with all of the letters yes. A through E. yes that, that's what he does and, and it spells got you mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you you think the movie sucks while you're watching it because you're like okay so we know that who does it because they said it in the first 20 minutes and I then you know that's not at all what happens well i didn't think it sucked in the first like couple um but you, you question it you're like I where's this gonna go i think that's great i think yeah that's i do too amazing writing i do too and that's why i love it and i'm at the beginning of this movie, I was, you know, and everyone has this slight spoil, slight spoilers for it. But if you have not seen Knives Out, you really should because it's phenomenal. But you're watching it, and then he's going through all these characters, and you're like, all right, these are my choices of who actually killed him. And then when it gets to her, and you think like, oh, the gimmick, she can't lie, so she's gonna be used like a lie detector. And then she just, and then it shows you what actually happened. Yeah. So the entire movie, you're gonna be like. Well, what's the movie about? Yeah, and what, what's it, the catch? Yeah, what's the catch? Like I was, and there's a catch. I was thinking, yeah, we won't give away the catch, but I was thinking like, this is genius. I thought this was just gonna be like another like mystery of clue type movies, mm-hmm. but it was it was a really smart movie. It was also a very funny movie. It was. Um, it was also nominated for best Golden Globes uh, comedy or musical. Jojo Rabbit. I don't know if I would call this a comedy, but I guess, yeah. Yeah, well, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which won that award. I mean, I wouldn't call that a comedy. Yeah, exactly. Necessarily. Um, Yeah, for me, this is much, much higher on my list, which means we won't get too into it. Uh, But it's number four. Really? For me, yeah. I I was not expecting to like this movie as much, but it's really good. Ryan Johnson's the reason we weren't expecting to like this movie. Exactly. We're not Last Jedi fans in here, if you guys aren't (laughs) wondering. Uh, Not exa- I have tried to def- I've defended that movie and you can watch me defend that movie. I try to defend it too. You just well, I, you can see me defend it from you and uh, Ian on yeah. our Star Wars episode, but only as, many, only as far as you can. Yeah, as far as we can. But it's a uh, Ryan Johnson is a director. Um, he's a very much a director who knows what the audience is like thinking what they're watching it, so he'll do something different. Mm-hmm. And for me, that doesn't work in a Star Wars movie because that's not what the audience wants. Yeah. But in something like this, it's it's perfect. perfect. Yeah, he, he was well done in this movie. He he was a very good choice as a director in these type of movies. Just keep him away from Star Wars because he's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that in my Star Wars movies, but in mystery movies, that's amazing. So we know you're seven. 
My number seven, yes. So what is your seven? My number seven, by the way, for uh, it's a uh, nineteen seventeen, which we've already gotten into. Yeah, which was my number ten. My number seven is also a movie you're going to talk about. So I don't want to dive into it too deeply because yeah. I think this is even higher on your list than than even Knives Out was. Yeah. Uh, but my number seven is Joker. Yes. Um, I love the movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix puts a performance uh, to the screen that I don't think many people will ever replicate. Uh, when this movie came, when this movie was announced, I guess a couple mm. years ago, and it was said Joaquin Phoenix was going to play him, uh, you know, everyone was skeptical because this is Heath well, Ledger's role. Well, I think everyone everyone had the exact same reaction when they heard Joaquin Phoenix, and they quickly Googled what who the heck is Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. Okay, that, that's what you did. I knew who Joaquin most, Phoenix was. No, most people do did not know who he was. Yeah, like well, I know you. Yeah, man. now everyone is a household uh, name, but you know, of course, who he is. Obviously, plays uh, Johnny Cash and Walk the Line. He's in The Master. He's in Her, which is a strange movie. But Her is his, the most popular that some people well, might recognize. For this generation, for this, I'm Walk talking, the Line is his most popular movie I'm talk, until yeah, now. I'm talking about like yeah, generations. Most people I know do, did not know who. Yeah, I got you. you. Know, Walking Phoenix. You want to hear a trivia? What's up? Okay, Walk the Line, directed by uh, a man who directed a film this year. You want to guess what movie it was? Is it? Would it be something on our top ten? Uh, it was close to mine. It's Ford v Ferrari. Oh, okay. So okay. there you go. Okay, but uh, I don't want to talk about it too much again. Yeah. But. Uh, it it had such a very small room for error. Yes, a lot of people think it it missed it. People think it it wasn't good. People think it was offensive. Uh, I didn't. Huh. I well, loved it. I, I thought I it was great. General consensus is it's good, but not a lot of people weren't expecting it to be like no good. Um, I will definitely get in more in in depth into Joker uh later. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it later. But yeah, I will say, you know, it's good and it um it does put a new perspective on that character. Yeah. Uh so right now we are getting into our number 6, which <laughs> the number 6 I won't get into cuz I know you want to get into that. It's much yeah. higher on your list. Yeah. Um my number 6 as we well, I think we said this earlier but is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quinn Tarantino. You're a sinner, Drew. There's just there were a lot of good any other year this would have been number one but there yeah, were just so many good movies and I also like five through six before I was making this they kept getting switched around and I wanted to put it higher but I was like ah I don't know if I can but it is really good we have already talked about our feelings on it on our previous um, Quentin Tarantino episode but it's just yeah be prepared yeah. To talk about it a little more. No. <laughs> to listen to it more. <laughs> exactly. We're not done talking about it yet. You want to go to my sixth? One. Okay, so Drew, you have not her- seen my sixth. Uh, we were in the newsroom a few minutes ago. You got to see the end of it, I guess, which is not a good way to watch a movie. I yeah, guess. you kind of spoiled it for yeah, me, but well, thanks. No, I, you, didn't, you didn't know what was happening. Okay, number six, it's uh, Lulu Wang's uh, The Farewell, uh, starring mm. Aquafina. It is essentially, because I'm assuming not many people have seen the movie, uh, it is a Chinese family whose grandma is, is dying of cancer, but they use this old tri- Chinese tradition of not telling them they're dying. Hmm. So you see this family coming together in this crazy time when the the lady's dying and they're planning a wedding. It, it, it's just hilarious. It's great. It's hilarious. Sad. It is. It's a. I mean, it's great. It is very funny. <laughs> it, it is very sad. Uh, Aquafina won the Golden Globe for Best Actress in this. And she deserved it. Hmm. Uh, it was a great movie. 
anyone who who doesn't watch this movie, uh, it, you're missing out, quite frankly. But that that's all I can really you, say about myself. You showed me that one clip, and from that one clip, I was about to start tearing up, and I was like. What what is I don't I don't want to watch this. It's too sad. It's very get it's it away. Uh, but I'll definitely have to check that out because that is a. It seems like a very emotional movie. Yeah. Um. Surprised to hear it's funny. It is. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh. It. it I mean, Aquafina is a comedian. Oh no. I know. Well, I understand Aquafina as a comedian, but you know, when you describe the plot, mm-hmm. yeah. that doesn't sound like a comedy. It. I can't even compare it to a, to another movie. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to put it in perspective. No, I understand. It's uh, so hard. It you. You laugh, you cry. I didn't cry because you know I didn't cry, but no, I understand. Yeah. It, I mean, you got emotional. It, it's it stirs up every emotion that you've got, and that I think that's a perfect movie, and that's <laughs> why it is so high on my list. A perfect movie, and it's only number six. Oh, that just shows that you. just shows you. If that doesn't tell you anything about this year, oh yeah. Well, going on from number six, uh, the Beyond Perfect movies, apparently. Yeah, um, these are is, the Beyond Perfect movies. For me, number five is The Irishman by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, and I'll talk about this one later, too. Later. Uh, well, not too. Not too. Well, I could, yeah. Um, for me, it is, again, it would be so much higher if it was any other year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. Um, it's definitely called a film. A uh, little yeah, reference there. That's a Scorsese reference yeah. there to The Avengers. Which we'll talk about. But, um yeah. The it's a it's a different kind of Scorsese film to me because it's more than just the traditional mob movie. Um, it's got you know I mean it's it also has the perspective of growing old and again I'm sure you'll uh, get more into it as well. But it's a very you know everyone heard this was coming out and was and thought this was going to be amazing and for the most part they were right. Yeah, they were. All right. Okay, so I'll do mine. Yeah, you're number five. Drew has also not seen this movie. Wow. Uh, Just you, calling me out on well, everything. Listen, the three movies in my top ten you have not seen are all A24 movies. Uh, so that just shows you A24 is flying under the radar yeah. in terms of movie making. Uh, number five, it's Adam Sandler's Uncut Gems. Oh, yes. And this movie is so awesome. Uh, it, it, Adam Sandler, just like Aquafina in, in The Farewell, plays this very unfamiliar role where he's playing a serious role yeah. in a, I mean, it's a thriller movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the owner of a, of a, of a jewelry company basically. Yeah. And his newest client is NBA sensation and my all time favorite player, Kevin Garnett from the Boston Celtics. Oh, that's why you like it so much. It's one of the reasons, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it just, it like, like the other movies, I, it stirs such an incredible amount of emotion, whether it's laughter it's uh, fear because you are fearful for this entire movie. You can't watch this movie sitting back, whether you are in a theater with reclining seats or not. You're you're not using them. You're sitting on the very corner of your seat and you are watching this movie with pure fear and adrenaline. I love it. Anyone's gonna like this movie right. except for the two old ladies who walked out because I t- it was totally the wrong movie. <laughs> they didn't need to be there. <laughs> They were, uh, they were trying to find like the, the Minions movie or uh, something. Yeah, I think they, they were walked looking, in uncut gems. Yeah, they were they were in the wrong movie. Because, but they, it was it was sensational. It really was. Hmm. Not a, not a comedy though, even no. though it stars a comedian. That is yes, as you wanted to point out, that is also something I have not seen. Uh, it's on the list. It definitely is. Better be. <laughs> um, 
So moving on from that, well, actually not really, because my number four we have already talked about is Knives Out by Ryan yep. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Again, amazing. One thing I do want to bring up that we didn't bring up is an amazing cast. Yeah. And the star of the cast is this, um, I forget her name, but... Anna Diarmas? Yes, the yeah. technically the main girl, but you see the trailers... And you don't think it's her. No, you, and you, you don't know it's she's the main character. Yeah, and it's it's very surprising when you realize you're watching the movie and you're like, this is about her, mm-hmm. even though it's got Daniel Craig and Chris Adams and Chris Evans, excuse me, and all these huge names. And uh, she does she does amazing in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's really good. Um, definitely, I was not expecting uh, her to pull out such a performance. And I I love the ending. I love the message of it. Yes. Um, there's some underlying political themes in that movie, too. Oh, yeah, a couple. You, if you think about it. You know Ryan Johnson. Oh, yeah, he loves putting political things yeah. in his movies. And I like – I it, it's pretty strong, yeah. and it's pretty cool. Definitely. I I very much recommend Knives Out. And Knives Out is also a movie where um, I, I recommend it to almost everyone. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of have a system where it's like – I would not tell my mom to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I would not tell my mom to go watch Irishman. But I think my mom would love the heck out of Knives Out. Um, and even though it's a mystery, it's not. It's incredibly simple to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good, really good storytelling, and a lot of or a couple really good twists in it. Yep, I agree. So for your uh, and moving on to your number four, I'm gonna be quick again here because this is a movie probably no one's seen. Which is weird theme of my top ten. You might. Uh, number four is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. It's Joe Talbot's first film. Uh, it came out for Sundance. This is his first film? First ever. I mean, it's an incredible movie. Huh. Uh, so essentially what it is, it, it is just, it's, it's about these two characters who, who grew up in, in San Francisco, and they were forced to, to leave because of high rent and property value that it which is further known as gentrification. Hmm. Uh, so it's a it's a movie about gentrification, which yeah. is not something you see in in movies a lot. Uh, but it's powerful. It's strong. Hmm. Uh, and it, I mean, it, it's a it's a good buddy movie too. Which yeah. is I love buddy movies, but <laughs> it, it it's a really good movie and some really strong breakout performances in it. Uh, Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. is a guy who I mean, do we know his name? No, I no. Don't, I can't think of what else he's from. Nothing. Yeah, and I, I mean, he, you were gonna hear his name. More uh, after yeah, this, I, yeah. I guarantee it. These are these are really strong characters. Uh, uh, Danny Glover is in the movie. He plays uh, Jonathan Majors' his father, ah. uh, but grandfather, excuse me. But it's a great movie. Uh, anyone, again, anyone would love this movie. It's just about finding it and seeing it. And I'm about to say because I did not. The only like advertisement I've ever seen for this movie is you telling me this yeah. is. At one point, this was your favorite, but that's because it was earlier in the yeah, year. Yeah, it came out in June, and which is yeah. a problem, I think, Oscar-wise. It came out too early. It came out during like a lot of summer blockbuster yeah. movies when yeah. it's very much a December Oscar. I don't want. I don't like using it's the word fall. Oscar. It's an award or, season movie. Yeah, that's a better word because I used to use the term Oscar bait yeah. movie. Yeah, well, and, and it didn't get anything. Yeah, it doesn't get because it's, it came out too early, yeah. and that's about playing politics and, and movies. Uh, it's a it. yeah, but I remember you show you showed me the opening scene, the opening scene, and I watched. And I was like, "Dang, that's beautiful." That's how it starts. Yeah, it, that, it, it looked like an end. I thought you were showing me the ending. I'm it, like, "Oh, why'd you show me the ending?" It, it's like 
that's how that's the beginning it lays down the foundation for the movie yeah. you're like look we live in this area with contaminated water we can't even uh, you guys have to wear masks to come into our area yeah but we've been breathing this air for 50 years because you basically you kicked us out of our homes and it just shows you like what life is is in san francisco during yep. that time i mean the opening scene is a crazy guy running down the street naked yeah. no i'm pretty sure that's normal san francisco yeah, that, today that, that's, that's, nothing, <laughs> that's just that's like oh, that's like saying a pigeon or something yeah. today. Three, we're we're the number three already. What I you? know we kind of blew through these, well, but good, the, good. We don't want to make people bored. Exactly. I mean, and a lot of these, a lot of these we've had talked about before, and we've talked about multiple times. But mm-hmm. these top three, we're definitely gonna have to. We're definitely gonna go in depth about them, mm-hmm. um, especially with my number three. You mentioned it earlier. It is, um, Walking Phoenix's Joker. Um. It was it was a movie where I was going in. I was like, "This will probably be good. This will be," but I was expecting like um like a a comic book movie. Good. I wasn't expecting like Oscar level performances. Um, I wasn't expecting to be emotionally attached and drawn to a psychopath. Um, and it really it really breaks down this character and just shows you like. Not only can like this happen to anyone, but it's like it's really almost at a certain level like I don't want to say not his fault because he is a bad person and he does terrible things. But as you're watching it, you're almost you're almost rooting for him to like not get away, but you don't want him to like be punished. You don't want Batman to come out of nowhere yeah. and sock him. Uh, which is a very hard thing to do with a character who does these terrible things, but it's um it was definitely it's definitely Walking Phoenix is in my opinion his best performance. It is. It won him his first Oscar. Yeah, it did. So you can't say it isn't his best performance <laughs> technically. Uh, but you you look at the foundation for this movie. I talked about it earlier when we heard about it coming up. You see, oh, it's going to be written and directed by Todd Phillips who yeah. most famously uh, wrote The Hangover. Uh, yeah, exactly. <sighs> and it's like what? <laughs> this exceeded expectations. You didn't think this was going to be a best picture. You didn't think no. it was going to have more Oscar nominees than a Tarantino film, than Scorsese, than yeah. a Sam Mendes movie, than in, in any other movie. You're like, what? 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 Joker? Like, Joker? How could that a DC happen? DC Comics movie. A DC... The same studio that brought me Batman vs. Superman made yeah. this. For Suicide those who don't, Squad. Yeah. For those who don't know, I hate Batman vs. Yeah, Superman with a burning passion. We should... That's another episode yeah. entirely of me ranting about that. But this movie is... Um, it re- I've heard I've seen some complaints where it uh, people are saying like oh this isn't like comic accurate to real Joker and all okay. this and yeah that's that was my response like I don't care yeah even as a fan of comic books and stores I don't care it's a good movie and it is very much um this is a question I wanted to bring up with you is does this um is this your favorite interpretation of Joker like does this it's uh, a go tough over answer. Heath Ledger, I know it, I know. And you, you almost can't compare them. Exactly, yeah. It's like you, apples and oranges. It is, uh, because they are so they feel so differently motivated mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but the, the best thing I've seen, not to steer away from your question, but mm. Joaquin Phoenix saying he drew inspiration his, from his biggest role model and yeah. his biggest fan, or he's the, for his biggest idol, basically, yeah. which is Heath Ledger, who is no longer with us, obviously. Oh, of course not. Uh, but... But yeah, they are they are so different, but they are so incredible. So I'm gonna say it's a tie for first. Yeah, it's um, 
it's a hard answer mm-hmm. um, because one one kind of went into the role as an opposite of Batman, as yeah. an agent of chaos, as and like one would not work without Batman. Yeah, and this one came in and it portrayed Joker as a human. Mm-hmm. And a hu- what would drive a human to that? Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a very different, like, type of it. And it's almost like if you took away the name Joker from both of these, you would almost not, you wouldn't compare these two. You wouldn't think he's the Joker. Exactly, yeah, if they didn't. Which, I mean, I know that could be a complaint for some people, for me, but for me it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do love the, I guess, references or... Um, nods to um one of my favorite movies is the is a uh, taxi man with um taxi driver or taxi driver i'm sorry like de niro? Not ta- yeah, yeah well, de niro. not taxi man i'm sorry taxi driver I'm yeah sorry. It, I mean, it is a lot and that's the cool part that de niro was in this movie yes because de niro got to help joaquin phoenix yeah because this was a very similar and that, that's the inspiration <laughs> for this role is is taxi driver in a lot of ways but yeah i mean overall this movie is great uh, it's no disrespect that I put it at seven. It's just because no. I love all these other movies it so is. much. It is, and I think it is. You know, I am a comic book fan, but I think this this goes beyond comic books and like takes the character and you know reimagines it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's number three for me. It's a very. I mean, I'd say it's a must see, but most people have seen it already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it is just, it's incredible. It's probably the best thing DC will ever make. Yeah. And for you, your number three? My number three is The Irishman. Scorsese, uh, yes. it's one of his best movies, uh, which Ooh. is insane to say. That's ins- Yeah, so you would put, so you were putting this above Godfather. That's Francis Ford Coppola. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, see, look at this. We're talking about movies. I'm talking about movies. No, okay, so uh, Scorsese oh, has done great things like uh, he has made The Raging Bull. He's made uh, Goodfellas. He's made... The Departed. I, d- I said he made God. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed by that. We can. We can. Uh, no, nah, it's fine. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it. Yeah, it definitely is like an amazing uh, movie. Uh, it is. It's very. And like I said earlier, it's very different in the fact that not only is it a mob movie, but it's also like kind of a realization piece of like those people live on mm-hmm. and kind of ask the question, like, what do you do now that you have outlived all your friends? You've outlived lived your own legacy, basically. Well, it's also, it's it's growing up and growing old, and everyone yeah. gets old, and it's an it's, it's a movie that Scorsese was always going to make, because he always, he makes monster movies all the time. Yeah. And the one that's, what separates this one from the other ones is the fact that you show that these people do have a life, as you said, after crime. Yeah. Uh, De Niro's character, uh, Frank Sheeran, basically is i mean he's old he's he's dying in a retirement home and he's already lost all of his other friends yeah his family doesn't like him anymore yeah because yeah exactly who does he talk to and at the same time you've got officials detectives and cops trying to get him to admit to murdering his his best friend yeah which i'm not giving the movie away this is a true story about jimmy hoffa's murder uh, in the 60s but yeah i mean what it what it does it, it really it was scorsese's uh most personal movie to me mm-hmm. because this was a movie where you could tell this is near the end of the line for Scorsese and yes. it was kind of his end of the line movie. It was the end of Joe Pesci and mm-hmm. Al Pacino and De Niro being these mobsters too. Yeah. So it was a 
it was a nostalgic movie, and I don't like putting movies high because of nostalgia. Uh, we've been told by Ashton uh, that that's bias, but shout out to Ashton apparently yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, but no, but I, I love the movie. I think it's so well written. Three hours and thirty minutes is a long time. Oh uh, my gosh, it was. It's it it's one of those movies where like you see it's like oh it's three hours. Well, yeah. I'll like maybe watch it in like bits or parts, but I'm always watching. I was so involved in it that I didn't even realize that three hours had passed. Yeah, that hurts it, but for some people, but for me, I I enjoyed every minute. That's no, my that's my third. Definitely. Um, and one thing I do want to point out, my favorite kind of like I guess part or moment from this is when he's uh, telling about his war stories and he yeah. says that um, I never got you know why people would like dig their own grave if they have a person with the gun at him. It's like what are they gonna think the guy digs faster? But then you realize at the end of his life, like since no one cares about him, he has to essentially build his own grave and he he's has picking to, out his own he has to pick out his own coffin what he, did. he has to like set up his own like um like foundation in the retirement home and it's just like it's a very good like uh character piece and it's yep. a it's a thinking man's movie it's a good theme it is a, a very to a yeah. movie that you wouldn't think has a underlying theme that isn't crime yeah it's that, a good theme it is yeah probably scorsese's best i would have to agree um, one of his best. I'm gonna be clear there too. You want to be <laughs> one of his best. Yeah. You, you sure? You sure not? You said I, best earlier. I said mm-hmm. it, it was one. Uh, <laughs> it, it blows anything he's made in this century out of the water. Yeah. Uh, but saying it's better than Raging Bull and Goodfellas is pretty tall order. But I, I agree. It, it, if it's not his best, it is definitely one of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to uh, number two is a movie that. Ever, nowadays, everyone's talking about, um, I believe, four Oscar wins. Am I correct in that? Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, um, excuse me if I pronounce this wrong, but it's Bong Joe Hu's. Bong Joe Hu. Bong Joe Hu. Thank you. Um, it's Parasite. Bong um, Joe Ho. <laughs> I don't know. Look, <laughs> it's the movie, Parasite. It's a, yes, it's the movie Parasite. It is a Korean film, the first Korean film to win Best Picture. And moreover, it's and the more best. Over, yeah. It's the first non-English speaking film to win Best Picture too. Yes, which puts it into perspective. It is. It's really good. Um, I've only seen it recently, so I got a little fresh take on it. Um, I was. I knew it was going to be good, but I was. Intri- I was fascinated by the characters. I was involved in the stories. I felt tense at it. I was not expecting the ending. Um, the ending kind of like really like sh- shook me and surprised me. Um, it's just, it's a very smart movie. Um, and you relate and you feel to these, like for these characters that, I don't know. It's a very, uh, like I said earlier, it's a thinking man's movie. It make, mm-hmm. Once the, once credits start rolling, you just kind of look at your screen like, Wow, that really just happened. Um, you got all these thoughts running through your mind. And any movie that can make you like really question yourself is fantastic. This is tied for my first. Right. This is it. It, I sh- it shares my title of best movie <laughs> of the year, and the, and I'll go first. I'll say it first since you're t- already talking about it. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh, he said Bong said something very awesome when he was talking <laughs> about this movie. He says if you can get over the the one inch tall barrier that is of subtitles that yeah. you are going to be exposed to so many different great films that y- you would miss otherwise mm-hmm. this 
uh, is one of the movies that got me over that barrier because I have always been reluctant to watching movies that are completely That's in a different cool. language. Yeah. I forgot I was reading subtitles after 10 minutes. Yeah. And it, it is this movie where you're taking turns and twists that you don't think are going to happen, but once they happen, you are just so yeah. intrigued in. And I mean, my love for this movie, I'm, I mean, I'm a love for the, this movie yeah. my entire life. I already know I will. I know this is going to be one I watch when I'm old. And, yeah. uh, oh, I remember when this one best picture, you know, when telling that to my children and whatnot. But. It's, yeah, it's very, again, it's off-putting because I know people, if I recommend this to me, be like, oh, it's a Korean film. Yeah. I don't want to read the whole time, but it's, it's not, at no point was I watching this and I had to, like, stop and go yeah. back because I misread it's something. It's their loss, right? Exactly. Yeah. And at that point, like, if you're, if that is the only thing that is stopping you from this, then I feel sorry for you because this is a great movie. Yeah, and this isn't a hot take. The Scorsese, we were talking hot takes over there about you know being the best Scorsese yeah. movie of all. This is not a hot take to say that this is the best thriller movie ever made. Oh no, I don't think. I don't think. Well, maybe mm, ever made. Ever made. What do you? What? What else? That's like this I is don't a know. Beck's best picture winner. That's the thing, like, because I can't think of other things that would be best picture winners that could be thrillers. Um, gosh, that's a hard question, <laughs> but it's very much. It definitely okay. is up there. It might be one. Okay. I won't say it's not a true suspense thriller yeah. movie. I'm never gonna watch one like this again. No, this is a this is a very unique movie. Um. This is inc- it's incredibly well acted. Um, something that I, I've mentioned a little bit, never got into it, is the acting is more than just saying your lines with you know passion. It's also a lot of good acting. This is like facial work and mm-hmm. uh, work, and especially on the um, I can't remember his name. Maybe if I could, I probably couldn't pronounce it. But the uh, the father. Um, yeah, I movie. forgot his name too. But he does amazing mm-hmm. work, especially at the end. You can see all these emotions, all these thoughts running through his mind, and it's only you, know, you only see that for a second, but yep. you get it. You understand what he's thinking and what he's going through. Um, and it is just, it's really good. It deserves all the praise it's getting, um, and I highly recommend it. It's especially, especially to people who say, "Oh, I don't like subtitles." Like. Please give it a try. This you is will a learn. good intro into the foreign film. Yeah. How about that? Well, I don't know if I'd say that because I don't know if a foreign film would be better than this. Yeah, you're right. Well, we, <laughs> technically, this is the most uh, awarded. I, that's a, Is that even? It's the most accomplished foreign movie ever made, international movie ever made. Yeah, at least here it's in America. It's the one best picture. Yeah. Which has never happened. It uh, it won uh, the award for Cannes being the best movie at that film festival, which has never happened for a Korean film. I mean, it's just shattering, shattering yeah. the glass ceiling, if you if you would, <laughs> for for international movies, yeah, and that aren't in English, which is no, it is, it's really good. Um, highly recommend this one. Yep. And so uh, that puts me at my number two. Now you're number one, right? No, my number two. We haven't gotten to number ones yet. We were. It was tied for your number one. So what was the other thing tied for number one for you? I have one left. That's so do I. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so my number one is Quentin Tarantino's ninth movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. It's tied for one. Uh, this movie is, as I talked about earlier, it's a buddy film. <laughs> it is about the, the Manson murders in 1969, one of the craziest times in American history, yeah. uh, one that we grew up learning about uh, in, in history books. But 
I mean, you, you talk about altering, not only altering history, but just putting your own spin on life. <laughs> I, that's what Tarantino does, I and think, that's why he's so yeah. unique and he's so great. I think I've met, I mentioned this to you, and I believe I've mentioned this on the podcast, but the title almost gives it away where it's— A little bit. Where it's, you know, once you hear Once Upon a Time, da, 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 you think of a fairy tale. And this is basically if you took the, the Manson murders and you made it into a fairy tale with a happy ending— which is weird. Which to is think weird. About. But if any director could have done this, it's definitely Quentin Tarantino. Yep. Um, I mentioned it earlier. It, it was six for me, and like honestly, it's insane. it's insane. But like looking at my list, it's like there were a lot of good movies. But this movie, it was, it was funny. Um, it had, it was a really good thriller, and it has probably one of my favorite endings that any Quentin Tarantino film it's my has. favorite ending in movies <laughs> yeah that's pre- it was pretty good because it's in my top five favorite movies I've ever seen yeah number one being Shawshank and the ending to that movie does not come close to the ending of this so no. I'm just gonna put together the pieces there yeah and say it's my favorite ending um if you haven't seen it by now I don't know what you've been doing <laughs> How you've you surely know. been doing yourself a disservice if you've missed any of these movies, really, except for Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla is a good movie. I yeah, don't okay, defend okay, it. <laughs> okay. But but the, the reason this is number one, tied with Parasite, is a the ending is so great, but b the movie is just so fun. It's so exciting. Uh, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, which are played by DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, yeah. two of the greatest actors of our generation. Leonardo DiCaprio, I think I've decided, is my. F- new like favorite actor it's in brad pitt's mind yeah so, exactly it's like everything i've seen them and they do amazing oh yeah i don't i can't think of a bad i mean i'm sure there are yeah but i can't think of a bad performance between either of them brad pitt might have a few more than you know maybe DiCaprio. maybe yeah actually now that a I think few about more it. not maybe. bad performances but bad movies i yeah. guess he but, was in world war z but no what i'm talking but he did good this is he, the thing he was great he did movie. good in that and his first oscar uh came for once upon yeah. a time in hollywood uh the just the overall the characters in this movie, uh, the scenes, the lines. Oh it was my. funny. It was exciting. I mean, we're quoting. We're at dinner tonight, quoting the, <laughs> the heck out of this movie. If if you ever, if you're ever sitting next to me or Nick, you are either thinking, "Gosh, those two really need to shut up about Star Wars," or "Gosh, those two really need to stop quoting Tarantino movies." Yeah, because you're gonna offend someone, which and we probably will. we probably had, yeah. but we have we always just see each other and, and we'll just be saying lines like, "I'm the I'm the de- I'm the devil doing the devil's work." No, nah, nah, dumber was, than that. <laughs> just shoot him, text. Yeah, that was it. That's text. What it is. It's text. It's yeah. such a quotable movie, such yeah. a um, iconic movie. Um, looking back, I th- I almost want to put it as uh, would you say it's Quentin Tarantino's best movie? And again, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. We we I are throwing a, we're, we're too young in our in our podcast to be throwing around so many hot takes. Uh, Pulp Fiction and The Glorious Bastards are hard to beat. Yeah, and. I'm not going to say it's better than those movies, but I like it. I like it as much, Yeah. but I'm not sure it's better. I'm not sure it's I don't, best. That's the, I have the same. I don't know if I could say it better. But I enjoy it the most. Yeah. How about that? I, and I enjoy The Irishman the most, but I doubt it's the best. Hmm. Maybe. But, but Parasite is the best thriller movie of all time. How about that? Sure. I'm not we'll going to... I won't compromise with that one. We'll go with that. Um. So that leads to my number one. Mm-hmm. And... We have been we haven't talked about this movie yet, and if you know me, you probably already know what it is. 
but for me, it is Avengers Endgame by the Russo brothers. Um, and I have a reason for this, and it might not be the best reason, but Nick, what do you think about this movie before I get into it? I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite Avengers movie, my favorite yeah, MCU definitely. movie. Uh, but it is the perfect ending that exactly. everybody searches for. If you're a movie maker and you yes. got to put something to close, no one's done it as well as they did. Exactly, in my opinion. If anyone had, it might have been the Harry Potter uh, series, but they had even, a book to go off of. Even then, yeah, they had source material. This was, um, and for me, it's amazing because I, f- when I think of this, I think of the t- almost eleven years mm-hmm. of making these movies. And when the first Iron Man came out, no one thought they would ever. No. No one thought anything like this could be done. But they took these characters and they they were patient. They made the spin-offs. They made the mm-hmm. Ant-Mans and the Guardians of the Galaxies. And I I love those movies. They're great. And it all comes down together in basically a two, this is part 2 of Infinity War. Yeah. And it's it comes together. It has so many references. It finishes so many storylines. And it is, you know, it's, everyone always talks about the perfect ending and everyone says like, oh, this can't, like that can't exist. To me, this is the closest to, to getting a perfect ending. Like, honestly, if they said the end and we're done with these type of MCU movies and they're just going to maybe in a couple of years reboot something later. I wish they would. I'd be fine. I would be fine with this. I wish they would. If this was the last thing in this saga, I'd be totally. I'd be. Ex- I would accept it. I don't think they should ever call another movie the Avengers after this. I. I definitely agree. I hope that this is the last thing that has the word Avengers on it. it at least. Be. At least until like maybe like I don't know, ten years yeah, later, and they were re- they were booted. Or this movie loses its bliss. It mo- loses what it makes so great. What I makes it so great? Well, I feel thing, like that's what would happen. I don't think that can happen because this is. Not only an achievement for for like movie, this isn't an achievement for just comic book movies. This is an achievement for like films in general. Mm-hmm. No other franchise has ever done something like this and succeeded. There have always there's always people that are gonna like try to like franchise something, especially nowadays. Everything's trying to be in the cinematic universe and trying to expand to other properties. Uh, even the Fast and Furious movies are now having spinoffs. Yeah, but. This is the only one. This is the one that everyone will compare themselves to. Um, I've heard complaints. I've read complaints about this movie. Oh, it's got plot holes. It. I don't like how this character ended. But they're... <laughs> I don't want to say their opinions are wrong, but they're pretty close to wrong. Yeah. Um, the plot holes don't matter. You're trying to f- finish up 10 years of a story. Of course, it's not always going to make sense. It's also a comic book movie. All of those have plot holes. Almost every movie has a plot hole somewhere. And it's just, I love these characters so much, and I think this is such a good ending for them. It gets me passionate every time I talk or think about this movie. It's also an incredibly quotable movie, like most MCUs are. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. And the last thing I'll say about it, because we're, we're going a long time, uh, but... We're starting to wrap up. Yeah, yeah but uh, I don't like... Box office being a box office success doesn't really say much anymore because well, usually yeah. the bad movies are box office success. I'm not saying, it's but a, it's fitting. Yeah. It's fitting that this is the highest grossing movie of all time, and it yeah. comes in 2019 or this year of cinematic success. Yes, all around the world, it, it's fitting, and this was going to be the one that did that did it. Definitely good. For, I, good for them. I love this movie, and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But that is 
that is the it for our top 10. Do you have any movies that you wanted to go back and talk about or didn't get a chance to say? Or? Uh, well, um, I, I'm sure I did. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you have an entire like top 100 yeah, movies. Yeah, I, or top sixty, I I've guess. I've seen That's too a, many this year. You have. I'm surprised you were able to narrow it down to ten. It was tough, it, and I left a lot out that I yeah. liked. Uh, uh, but I guess we can go to our fresh picks of the week. Which yes, uh, fresh picks of the week. Um, do you want to go ahead and start or? Uh, yeah, I wanted it to be modern. I guess more current times <laughs> than I could. Uh, but my fresh pick of the week, since people don't really aren't really exposed to this band. I'm going to go the Avid Brothers mm. uh, Emotionalism album, which was in 2007. So that isn't <laughs> a very modern time. But if you haven't Fresh. listened to the Avid Brothers, and you are somehow still listening to this podcast right now, which is surprising enough, please listen to the Avid Brothers Emotionalism album because it is a great exposure to a great band that you probably haven't listened to. I don't think we've talked about I know you talk about the Avid Brothers all the time. I don't think we've talked about them on the podcast before. We have before. not, and that, that's, our, that's our first of hopefully yeah. many times we talk about this really awesome band. Hopefully. Um, I'll definitely have to check that out. But for me, my fresh pick of the week is a TV series that's also kind of old but starting to get a new season. It is Star Wars The Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love me and Nick love this series so much. I just finished rewatching it and shout out to my sister Allie uh, for letting me use her Disney plus cause I'm not paying for that. Um, and it's so good. Even people like are like, Oh, the first season's not as good as the rest and they're right, but it's still a good first season. It's a good second, third. It's got so many good arcs. It took characters that weren't really good in the actual movies and reinvented yeah. them and made them, you know, just great and entertaining. Highly, if you like Star Wars and even if, if you like the prequels, and if you don't like the prequels, watch this series. It's really good. I'm gonna be really fast because we're running out of time. But it, we watched the movie came on when we were eight years old. The, the <laughs> TV show, sorry, uh, that's when it started coming on. It was when we were eight, yeah. and it felt like it was good for an eight-year-old. But it aged with us. It yeah. matured with us. So when we started to go into season five, when we're, we're hitting high school, basically, it felt it's like still, we could still watch that show and it would better good, age. Yeah. It aged with us and it got more It got more mature yeah. because the times, the, the, the Clone Wars got more yeah. mature. It got darker. And with, with that, so did the show, which was perfect. We are born in the perfect time for this series, <laughs> which is why we love it so much, I guess. But, yeah. you know, I love it. It's a it, great pick. It was designed for... It was designed for Star Wars fans, and that's exactly yep. what we are at that time. It's what we are now. Got a generation going. Yeah. Yep. Well, that is all the time we have today, and we want to thank you again for watching the Fresh Podcast. Listening to the Fresh Listening Podcast. Listening to the Fresh Podcast. Fresh and entertainment. <laughs>